SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The greatest sound in sports comes in a flashing light. It's Light the Lamp with Brian Blessing and Cam Stewart. All right, folks, here we go. Light the Lamp, Sirius 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. It has been an interesting, at times, odd season. And then there were two, and there are two odd ones here now, Brian Blessing and Camp Stewart. Wow. The Lightning and the Habs. That's where we stand. <laughs> I mean, who'd have thunk of that one? Now, we'll dive into the final preview in the next segment, Cam, but let's just cut to the chase. Game seven. Islanders lightning, you know, we talked about betting strategies on my show. And I think we did on the podcast as well that there was a betting strategy for the, for the game, game seven. It's like, if you believed that the, the Islanders were going to contend, it had to be a low scoring game, for but sure. that would not preclude the lightning from winning a low scoring game. So the safer of the two options was to take the plus 15 under, under five and, you know, run with it. Basically that's what happened. Islanders threw the sink at him at the end, but the Lightning get it done. Yanni Gord gets the only goal, and the Lightning can play any style, my friend. No, they're scary, Brian. And there was chances in the game where the Islanders, I thought, were going to score, but a stick was in the lane. But Tampa Bay, they're, they're so good. But let's call it out for what it is, man. It was a great series. i got to give the Islanders all the credit in the world. They grinded. You said it at the end. Thought they were going to score a goal there. But you know what? You said Tampa Bay can beat you 8 nothing. They can win a one nothing game. It was wild. Like, I, and I'm telling you, I really enjoy those type of games. But, Brian, what have we learned about this postseason? It's unders. It's unders all the time. Like five and a half, if you get that hook, under, under. You get the plus money to the five, under, one nothing game. Like even Vegas uh, and Montreal, like it was, it was the, these guys, if you're getting five and a half with juice, like you're taking it. There's defensive games, great goaltending. Vasilevsky was good. Varlamov was good. But here's the thing. I think Montreal would have been it would have been an interesting series with the Islanders due to them playing the same style, but with Tampa Bay and the weapons they have and how deep they are, <laughs> Montreal, it's been a great story, but, you know, is it over? The Tampa Bay Lightning looks so damn good. Well, here's the thing. Kucherov shows up for game seven, which is a big deal. And I mean, because literally you're like, well, can they get by the Islanders for starters? And what does it mean to the final? So Kucherov's back in part of the equation. But clearly – They've got role guys that are just something special. But Point is the guy that's just a monster. But I will tell you, Cam, when you think of the Golden Knights going home, uh, the Abs going home, and some of the other qualities, the Leafs going home, think of Tampa Bay. Pat Maroon is on this team, Cam. He's going for three cups in a row. And he's an impactful guy with the Blues. He was impactful last year. He had a war going on with Matt Martin in this series. You need guys like that if you're going to hoist the silver shiny thing. 
We talked about it. No, and it's kind of funny. It was like uh, Danny Green in the, in the NBA, except for this year with Philadelphia. Some guys just land on teams and the teams win championships, right, Brian? But Maroon's a good player. That's the thing. And even their fourth line, like Tyler Johnson's good and these other guys are good. And Tampa Bay's so damn good that these guys on any other team would be like, you know, like third line, but fourth line. And I don't know. It's interesting with me. It's going to be, it's going to be cool though. Cause it's a contrast to styles. Montreal versus uh, the, the Islanders would have been basically the same team playing each other. It would have been kind of cool too, but I'm going to say this, all the other teams faded, Brian, Tampa Bay, Stanley cup champions. They're back at it. We thought Carolina could beat them. No, but that's the thing. These guys are well coached. They're very solid. They got great goal. Vasilevsky too. Like that's the thing. He's led in a couple interesting ones but when push comes to shove in a big game Brian like look at the saves he made like there was chances the Islanders were you know I thought they were going to score boom he's right there I don't know what to say man like Tampa Bay I'm, I'm kind of I'm cheering for Montreal I'm a Leaf fan I can't believe I'm saying I, this Brian. I, I can't believe I am saying this I actually want Montreal to win the Stanley Cup to complete the story rather than Tampa Bay but let's give Tampa should Bay we, four marks. should we do this in the next segment we'll do the big preview on the final but let's spend at least, we got about a minute, 50 seconds, two minutes. Let's give the Islanders just an army of credit here. They need more offense. We've known they need more offense. Their power play is sketchy. Mm-hmm. But the grit, the way they show up, Marzal is, is fun to watch. But they need some guys to go with him on the offensive side. I love Sezikis. I will tell you, though, what bodes well for them down the road. Barlama, very good. But I just thought in this playoff series, or this playoff run, I thought on the on the back end, guys like Pellick, Mayfield, Dobson, these guys grew up right in front of your eyes. They're going to be good for a while. I agree with you. And that's the thing. The Islanders' defense is getting better all the time. They're young. Think about, about their core, Brian, Barzell, too. I, I, I think it's a great future with the Islanders. You're right, though. They need, they need another score. Uh, if I was the Leafs, you know, remember back in the day, they made a move with the Islanders, like, you want Mitch Marner? Well, give them draft picks in the farm for this type of guy. Like, I know they've been talking about him for years. They'll probably go to another, uh, other guys. But you're right. They need one more score. They're tough enough. The goaltending's good. And, Brian, it's kind of an interesting situation, too. They got not just one goaltender. They got two. Sorokin came in and has filled in very well for Varlamov. So, I think with Barry Trotz, one of the best coaches, if not the, the best coach in the National Hockey League, the Islanders are looking great to the future. And, hey, they went to the conference final basically again. And, you know, they fell short. It's hard to win the Stanley Cup. Only one team wins, but full marks to the Islanders. You said it. I love that way that team plays. When we come back on Life of Land, we're going to do the deep dive preview the Stanley Cup final. We've got the odds for the series. We'll talk about the key competitors uh, for both teams, and we'll talk about the intangibles that could ultimately make the difference. Intriguing final, to say the least. Glad to get it started. It's the Life of Land, Sirius 204 and the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, kids, we're back. Light the lamp. Brian Blessing in Las Vegas. Cam Stewart's in Mississauga. And we are ready to rock and roll. 
the Stanley Cup final. Now, we had the odd season, Cameron, and we had the divisional format, and it meant that a Canadian team was going to be in the semifinals. We knew that. And they kicked the door down. Montreal makes it. Tampa Bay going for the repeat. From FanDuel, we're looking at Tampa Bay minus 260 in the series. Montreal is plus 220. Again, you know, you can say lack of respect for Montreal. At the same time, Tampa Bay is a team with the bad class that is worthy of such respect. Excellent point, Brian. Here's the thing. And me and you talked about it. So you're telling me that Vegas is minus 480 at one point on FanDuel uh-huh. and off at 460 and Tampa Bay is minus 260? Yep. Okay. Just wanted to clarify that for the listening uh, audience. How does that make here. any sense? Yeah, exactly. So they basically, and we told you it was a bad line with Vegas, even though we both thought Vegas was going to beat Montreal. But as the season, as the series progressed, we got to see with the eye test, Vegas is in big trouble. Difference is Tampa Bay is better than Vegas. They got as good of a goaltender in Vasilevsky. They're deeper. They're more experienced. They're everything, you know, there's so many guys on the team, their power play, even though Vegas' power play was good, Montreal shut them down. They didn't get one damn goal. Tampa Bay, you know what, Brian? I'll say this line is a little inflated, but closer to fair in comparison. I probably would have made Tampa Bay, I'm thinking, 220, 235, 240 tops, 260 it is. Montreal's still a good team. We talk about the equalizer, the goaltender, but I have no problem with this line in comparison to the other one. Hey, Montreal's pretty intriguing at plus 220, but God, Tampa Bay's so good. All right, make the case for Tampa Bay. They're Tampa Bay. That's all you got to say, and then we'll get into it. (laughs) Exactly. Tampa Bay, yes, they are the lightning. Make the case for Montreal. Fast transition, goaltending. The one little thing that I think gives Montreal a mini running start here, and – you know, we always say, oh, boy, you hope a series goes seven games in overtime and they beat the hell out of each other. And we say that all the time. And say it's who we – you got to win 16 games. But I got to tell you something, bud. We watched that Montreal-Vegas series. The Tampa Bay Islanders series was – and I'm not making this up, and I may be low. Tampa Bay and the Islanders was five times more physical exactly. than the Montreal-Golden Knights series. I mean, you could count the big hits in the Golden Knights-Hab series on one hand. Excellent point. And Montreal, you know, they're not really known as that team. But, yeah, it was weird. Like, watching Vegas and Montreal was way less physical than this series. And you bring up a great point again. If Montreal's going to get them, Brian, they're going to get them early. It's good. Tampa Bay could be licking some wounds. You beat the Islanders, but you also got beat up in that series. And that's what it is. It's a war of attrition. Remember we talked about when St. Louis won? They basically, at one point, you're like, okay, San Jose was the favorite back then. Now they're done. We watched the game. You saw them just wilt because they couldn't take any more hits. It's eventually, the St. Louis Blues, pound, pound, pound. So Montreal, early in this series, in game one, I would look to them. Also, let's remember another thing. You think they're afraid of the Tampa Bay crowd or anything? No. They went into Vegas and won games. That's the thing. Like, this Montreal team, it's almost like they're kind of built for the road. Like, they play a really good road game. They come out hot. The coaching staff's done great. Ducharme had COVID, and Luke Richardson and his staff came up. They got Carey Price in net, who's just as good as Vasilevsky, if not better. 
I think there's a lot to like with Montreal early in the series. I think we can catch, they can catch Tampa napping. I think I'm going to bet Montreal game one, Brian. You bring, bring up a good point because Tampa Bay, that series with the Islanders is not going to be easy. What are we talking right now? You're talking Saturday. This thing starts Monday. It takes more than a couple days to lick your wounds there. That was a very, very physical series. The funny thing is, watching Montreal, Cam, it reminded me of Vegas going to the final as an expansion team in year number one. Yeah. And they swept the Kings. And they had a, you know, they got by the Sharks. They got by the Jets. But for the most part, they were short series and they were in control of everything. Then they ran into Washington and Washington kind of beat them up in the fourth line. And Trotz had a game plan that beat them. Montreal, okay, you rallied to beat Toronto. But we know Toronto, we talk about them not being physical. The Winnipeg thing was a joke, you know. And then the Golden Knights series was not physical at all. Here's the thing. I'm Now, they're fresh, I guess. We can make that case. But I really wonder because how many times have you and I said the last three, four years, Tampa Bay's mean, nasty, dirty, physical, the whole nine yards. Can Sherrod, Edmondson, Gustafson, Petrie, and Weber stand up to what Tampa Bay's going to do to them? Because Vegas didn't hammer anybody. Yeah. I- Man, you're on you're on fire tonight, blessing. I agree. I think Montreal is fresher, but they've never met a physical team like Tampa Bay. The Leafs are fast but soft. Um, Winnipeg, they lost Shifley. He's their identity. Their other older players just not good. And Winnipeg's defense sucks. Let's call it over what it is. Vegas disappointing. Montreal wore them down because Vegas had problems with Minnesota and Colorado in long series. So yes, but Montreal does some good things, Brian. The, this is this is the thing. This is this is it, buddy. And you know this. Tampa Bay has the best power play. Montreal is the best penalty kill. Yep. Where do we go from here? If Montreal shuts these guys down the way they did to Vegas and play a five-on-five game, it'll be a long series. If Montreal takes penalties and Tampa Bay's power play scores, they're done early. That's what we have to look. I still think the price is nice on Montreal at plus 220. I don't want to doubt these guys anymore. It's just one of those things. It's like, you know, but – can't to me, you know, Tampa Bay is a better team. I think Tampa Bay will probably win in six. Is there any way that Deneau can do to Kucherov anything close to what he did to Stone? I hope so, <laughs> but I'm not sure. Kucherov's nursing an injury, though, right? And then upper body, this, that, whatever. Guy still plays. What you have to do to Tampa Bay was what the Islanders, they almost did but didn't do enough. They hit the forwards. Brian, you have to punish their defense. And Montreal does have some guys, like, they're really annoying, like Gallagher and Deneau and all these other guys. And Tampa Bay hasn't seen the likes of Cole Caulfield. And this is the one thing. Him and Suzuki, when you're young players like that, that you start to go on a heater, the Islanders don't have – how do I say this? The Islanders are deeper, but I think the Montreal Canadiens have better – to like star young players, right? Like Barzell's all right, but the way Cole Caulfield's playing, he looks like he's the best player in the National Hockey League now, what he's doing to people. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, we know Hedman, he logs a lot of minutes on the blue line for Tampa Bay. I don't know, man. This, this series, I'm kind of thinking, you know, it's a contrast of styles. Tampa Bay, speedy and tough. Montreal plays a system, very good defensively, great goaltending. I don't know, Brian, what are you thinking? Do you think Montreal's got a chance? They do, but it, it comes down to Tampa Bay power play versus Montreal penalty kill. I can tell you this. Had the Islanders won, the total in every one of these games would have been four and a half. And a half. <laughs> you know? <I'm>, <laughs> it's true. You know? 
Sorry, Brian. No, you're right. Can I get a four out there? Can I get a four? Can Can we bet a three and a half plus money? I'm in. Yeah, no, it's uh, right. The thing, the the thing, the only thing, and I am not, and I always caution myself to not do a disservice to Montreal. I just don't think Tampa Bay is going to be as dumb as Vegas was, where Vegas played right into Montreal's hands. Tampa Bay go, okay, you're standing up at the blue line. We'll go in and get it. We're not, yeah, exactly. turn it, we're not going to turn it over at the blue line and give you goals and give you odd man rushes. Uh, Tampa Bay will not play into Montreal's hands. I, so I, what's your what's your what's your prediction? Well, I Tampa don't Bay believe I don't believe Montreal will be able to dictate the play the way they did against Vegas. I mean, listen, they're on a tootsie roll. They're playing with house money. You know, I I think it'll be fun for a while. I gotta believe. And my respect for Montreal is saying Tampa Bay wins it in six. Yeah, that's what I think too. And But I will say this, Brian, if you're going to bet Montreal, I would take them in the first period of the first game. I would take them in game one. Got right seconds. now, plus one and a half is minus 182. I'd have to find a dance partner to the plus 162 on the money line. Totals five. That's still low. Like Montreal can Man, I five. It's tough. Calm yourself. I don't want to take the honor. We'll do, we'll do the final picks in the last segment. We're going to talk about the teams that went home and why they did on Light the Lamp when we return. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. folks back with you on light the lamp brian blessing cam stewart love talking pucks with you and obviously we're down to the stanley cup final and we're excited about that let's talk about some of the teams that are going to have to change courses and what reactions may be cam it's worth talking about the golden knights playing against the canadians the odd dynamic this is a team four years in the league has gone to the final the semifinals twice, and maybe the team that was best suited to make the big run got destroyed by a five-minute major against San Jose that wasn't a major that actually changed rules in hockey. So this team basically sitting on runs virtually every year they've been in the league. And most organizations and fan bases would throw a parade to be like that. The problem was the first year, Vegas came up just short against the Caps. But everything fell in their lap, and then they were able to go get a Mark Stone, and they can always get the big fish, and they went and they get Petrangelo. And you make another run here, and the rub with these guys, it happened in the bubble last year. The offense goes quiet, and we talked about it all year long. This is the bugaboo for this team. When does it step up? When does it bite you? So not taking anything away from Montreal, but this is nothing we haven't seen or they weren't capable of. And you can talk about Carey Price, as great as he was, and, you know, had a great series, but 
Flurry and Leonard had it a lot tougher at the other end of the rink. Vegas forwards couldn't score. And Cam, you think about it. The Canadians are in the final. They beat a team that did not get a power play goal in the entire series. Cole Caulfield had four goals. The Golden Knights forwards, the entire team in the series, had four goals. All their goals came from the defense. And here's Vegas, who had two best chances in overtime at game six to force a game seven before the Habs ultimately won it. So we'll see what it means to the Habs moving forward. Boy, if you're Vegas, you survived game seven against Minnesota. You came from behind, you beat the Avs, but that's a coin flip, and you're going to deal with them for the next five years. I'm wondering, I mean, the middle of this group, the core, I think there could be massive changes here because you're sitting there saying, we're good, but we're not good enough to win the whole thing, and that's what the owner wants. So I wonder how massive the changes are here. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, Brian. And it's about the expectations, and you said it off the top. If this team didn't go to the cup finals, if they didn't come out of the gate and just absolutely had one of the craziest stories in sports, I don't think it would be as extreme. But expectations, you're a new franchise, and you're already one of the best teams in the league, and you almost win the Stanley Cup. So that changes everything. If they just came out, you know, made the playoffs, got knocked out, would have been a crazy story anyway. But no. These guys went above and beyond. But now, the last couple times when they actually were one of the favorites to win, they couldn't get the job done, right? It's not a surprise anymore. There's teams around, and the fan base, they haven't seen anything other than success. And to that, a, a huge disappointment. You're a five, almost a 5-1 to one favorite. We talked about the line yes. at the start. Like, that's the thing. You're, like, we were on FanDuel. This thing was, like, minus 480 when it closed. It got down to, like, minus 450 because people were betting Montreal sometimes, even think, thinking the price is just too good to pass up. And – it's crazy. So I don't know what's going to happen. They got two goaltenders who are going to make a lot of money. Uh, they got some good players. We talked about Zach Whitecloud and stuff. They're on great contracts. But some of the forwards, some of these guys long in the tooth, Brian, I don't know. There, are, there has to be changes because the expectation in Vegas is cup or nothing. And to lose to a team that was 150-1 to one down 3-1 to one to the Toronto Maple Leafs who just caught on a heater. Can you believe that? Montreal was 150-1 to one when they were down three games to one in that point going into that game before they, you know, absolutely went nuts and got better all the time. But Vegas is going to have to make changes because the expectations are so high. And you said it, Foley's not going to – who cares about, you know, fourth best, third best, whatever. This guy wants to win, and that's the bottom line. So I, they got to look at their money situation. Brian, the question is, do you keep, keep two goaltenders go. because they're on back and forth, right? They got Flurry, they got Leonard, they got this and that. You know, obviously guys like White, White Cloud, like that, he's still – like his contract is so good. But they have to – they got to crunch some numbers. There's going to be some guys that are gone. $12 million in goaltenders in an era where the cap isn't going anywhere because all the teams lost so much money. They played nice this year. Last year it was a soap opera where Alan Walsh, Flurry's agent, got involved. And then the last thing you see here, Leonard comes in. You know, the game's not on Leonard. Leonard played fine in, in the two games he played. But you're sitting there going, again, they're going home because they can't score. So what do they do? They go and they got an $8 million defenseman who finally played like it, Petrangelo, in the playoffs, and $12 million in goaltending. But it doesn't matter if you're going to score one goal a game. So now you've got to either say, we're changing the core significantly up front, but where do you find the money is the point you're making. And the easy one would be one of the goalies goes. I don't know if Flurry wins the Vesna, but you may be trading the guy 
that's been amazing and people love them here. But from a dollar perspective, that goalie situation remains a soap opera. Let's call it all my goalies. <laughs> As the goalie turns. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we can't use passions because, no, it's more anger right now. Yeah, yeah. As the goalie turns. <laughs> one, goal, one goalie at a time. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I will say goalie. this. Yeah, general goalie. <laughs> the, the young, the young uh, no, actually, the, the veteran and the veteran instead of the young and the restless. The young and the skateless. The young and the skateless. The young and the skateless, yeah. But here's the thing, Brian. Vegas did their run with was it Subban, Lagasse, yeah, Flurry. Like you know what I mean? They didn't yeah. have their backups back then. Were yeah, not. The, but the first years of that was Haley's comment. Let's just. That's talk about- I know, it, but it but it happened, right? No, but I'm saying you can't. You're gonna have to maybe just get a second string goaltender, like you know what I mean, and hope that the guy does well. Like look at what happened with Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot was a guy that I didn't think would play in the NHL anymore. And then he goes to Minnesota from Calgary and he was pretty decent. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. And these are really hard decisions to make. I don't know what's going to happen, but you got to save money somewhere. Your defensive core is there. The forwards on Vegas are good. You know what the problem is, though, Brian? You ever played – I played hockey with guys like that. Like, I, I don't want to be extreme, but I played hockey with a lot of guys that were great skaters, but they just couldn't finish. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're buzzing around all the time, but they didn't – it's almost like – They're on the outside. Yes, they're on the outside. They don't go to the danger areas. They just, they just don't score goals. They look great. Like, if you're a scout going, holy jeez, look at this guy flying around. Where, you know, as the other hand, you have a guy who's a little bit slower footed, but he goes to the danger areas. He scores. He's got great hands. He bangs. He understands the game. The hockey IQ. Just to shoot pucks at the net from these places. That's the whole problem. Like, I look at Vegas with a lot of their guys – also, Mark Stone could, couldn't have played worse hockey. I think he's probably nursing an injury. We'll find out about that later on. Um, he said just, no. He said no, but he just didn't look right. The whole no, all the he, stars on the team didn't look right, no. and uh, well, they're me, just they're a different team. But then again, we look at we have to look at a lot of things, and I think a lot of fit the things come into this. The travel of the Montreal team, everyone, it was different in the regular season. These guys flew all across the world, and they were flying to Vegas. That was a joke for them. They flew flew to Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary all the time. All the other stuff that was going on, right? Like, it's it's interesting. And remember, Brian, they started off the season great, and then they had the COVID thing. Before they got into the playoffs, that was the first time they actually had their whole team together, right? So there's a lot of things that go into the mix. But I'm just saying Vegas is disappointing because – they should have won the series. Well, let me throw something at you because they've changed the narrative so many times. You know, if they'd have gone out in the first round against Minnesota, oh my God, they're going to gut it. Uh-huh. Then, then they lose to the, if they lose to Colorado, and they were down two zero and down a goal with three minutes to go in Game Four. Came back from two goals down in Game Five. They ended up beating them. Colorado's like, what do we do? But Vegas go, we got to deal with them. So you'd have to make the changes. Now you make it to the semis, and now you're sitting there going, well. We're good, but we're not good enough. The problem with Vegas, not the problem, but it's true. They're always in on the big fish because of free agency. Taxes. And the no state tax. Mm-hmm. Matt Larkin from the Hockey News sent this tweet out yesterday, and I'm laughing because I've been saying this for three months. As soon as it ends and then you reevaluate, I just know Vegas. They're always in on the big fish. Where's Vegas weak, Cam? Your GM, where are they weak? They're weak with their forwards. They center, need a big center. center. They, yeah, the they're middle. weak with the center. Down, and they need, down the middle. And they need a goal scorer. Like, maybe right. a guy that's just simply, like, great hands. All right. That's down they're the fast middle. enough. Down the middle. 
and we may not even finish this in this segment. Okay. I'm telling you, I'm going, it ain't going to shock me. If they, if they had gotten eliminated earlier, watch the phone call start. They make it all the way to the semis. I still say the phone calls could come. Matt Larkin, Hockey News says, if Vegas, Vegas loses tonight, I bet you they're all in on Eichel. And that's what Vegas does. And I'm sitting there. Vegas doesn't have the draft picks that can get it done. But people got to realize the price of poker, and it's got to hurt. And if you're going to change, I mean, if Vegas, you know, we've talked about Eichel to Anaheim, L.A., Columbus, and these teams. If Vegas was going to get Eichel, it's going to cost you Carlson, Tuck, their top prospect, Peyton Krebs, for money, maybe a guy like Holden. And then maybe you make another big package. Maybe it's Eichel and Ristolainen, and maybe you actually throw three Theodore in that to go the other way because Petranzo's arrival has kind of slowed Theodore down. I mean, who knows? No, it makes sense. And I, I, will, I will say this. I know we're going to be hit, hitting up seconds. against it. We're hitting up against it. He's not going to Columbus. He's going to a Western team. It's either L.A., Anaheim, and you know what? I'll put Vegas in there before Columbus, too. Those are the teams that are going to be in the mix for Jack Eichel. He's not going to go to the Blue Jackets. I can't see that happening. It's going to be a Western Conference team. That's what I – and you know what? You're making sense. Vegas is the type of team to do that. Well, and once you're eliminated, you're not making those phone calls when you're still playing. Believe me, the minute you're eliminated, <laughs> yes. you know, the, the phones start ringing. All right, we're going to take a timeout. Glad to be with you. Light the lamp. If you're just jumping in, the show will re-air at 7 a.m. Eastern here on Sunday morning. It's Brian Blessing, Kim Stewart. We love talking hockey down to the final two. But we got the cracking coming. We got the draft coming. We got a lot on the plate. We invite you to keep it right here. Sports Good Radio Network, Sirius Channel 204. It's simple, really. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. With you on Light the Lamp, Sirius 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Show re-airs at 7 a.m. Eastern if you're just jumping in with us. Brian Blessing and Cam Stewart. And when we went to break, we were mostly talking about what Vegas would do after being eliminated. And we threw them in the hopper because they're always in the hopper for Jack Eichel. But there are others. And the Eichel thing, Cam, I think is a really big story because it's going to be a monster trade. It's going to change the fortunes of a couple of teams. And maybe more because, say Eichel's healthy and he plops into Anaheim, or let's use Anaheim as an example. Well, they go to a team because they replace Getzlaff. He makes them a contender to make the playoffs. And I know he's done nothing to this, this point in the postseason, nor has McDavid. And then we've got the health questions and the herniated disc, and I don't know if that's a hand of poker, and it's a big quagmire that's got to be sorted out. Let's just go on the premise that the guy is healthy. He's an electric talent. He's worth watching every night. He's entertainment. And a change of venue, maybe he goes off the hook. But here's the deal. The price it is going to take to get this guy and the bidding war that's going to ensue, 
you know. Oh, it's ridiculous. But, they, but these players like this just don't come along, Cam. That's and the, also, that's Bus- Buffalo's been fleeced in so many deals before, they're going to want more. Like, that's the thing. But it's just they, it's going to be thing. different this time around, right? Cam, the, the, here's the thing. I know they want to move on from him. They're mad at him. They're not getting along with each other. And they want to get picks for this year's draft. But I'm telling you, Cam, the truth is they have a, they, they've got him for five more years. But they've got him for another year where the no-move clause is not in play. The point remains they don't have to trade him. So you better not be moving this guy for pennies on the dollar. The price of poker is going to be exorbitant. I agree. Uh, and, you know, you talked about the teams. I was actually – I said no Columbus, but Seth Jones would have to be a part of the deal, right, Brian? Like, that's the thing. Like, you're not going to give away – like, you, you talked about it. it. was the best when our friend Hainzer's there. You're like, yeah, let's make a deal. What was it with the Leafs, Marner, and whatever? You're like, keep – Keep going, keep going. Marner straight up. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, yeah, and watching Marner play in the playoffs, you'd have to obviously give something else. So it's not going to be easy. A team with draft picks can do it. Um, I think Buffalo will get rid. I think Buffalo will get rid of them just because the way I see it is you start anew. Uh, even with Eichel, this team is not going to, you know, they're, they're going to get better eventually, but they're not going to win. So you might as well just strip it all down, get as many picks and pull the buff, uh, the Ottawa Senators route that we talked about, right, Brian? Just strip it, get better. And we've already talked in a couple of years, they're going to be better. Same with Detroit. You got to do that. You got to do that. Because just hanging on to a guy who's not going to win there is just wasting time. So Buffalo has to finish, uh, has to work that out. But, but if you been- think about it, Kim, the situation, the spot they're in, and I was half joking but believe me, this is not outlandish because Buffalo's got the first pick of the draft. Owen Power is the defenseman. Their defense is okay. It's okay. It's a, you know, but, okay, this guy supposedly is, the, is in, in everybody's eyes, the clear-cut number one guy. But the division, decision they made, they need scoring too. But Seattle's talking to Sam Reinhardt about Sam Reinhardt. I mean, there's a legitimate scenario. The Sabres pick number one, trade Reinhardt and whatever the package is to Seattle, pick number two, and then send Eichel to Anaheim and pick number three. And then you're getting the top defenseman, the top forward, and then do whatever else you want. But then you've got Cousins, Middlestat. You've got a good young core of guys. And you know what? It would be something different instead of swinging for the fences with horrific free agent deals. You're getting a young core Cam, and you don't see it in free agency in mo- most sports. Could you imagine a team actually growing up together? Well, and, you know what I mean? I mean, teams don't do that anymore. There's always we'll, plug and play. Yeah, we'll talk about Montreal, but wasn't that the reason? Perfect blend of youth and experience. Caulfield, Suzuki, young players working together. Sounds like uh, the right mix to me, Brian, don't you think? That's the thing. You're growing up done. together. You're learning. It, it can, can be, be done. done. It can be done. I agree 100%. But, you know, you look at the Eichel thing, again, with the surgery. Does he get the surgery? Doesn't he get the surgery? It's a big risk, man. Like, I mean, this is another it thing is. we talk about. Like, everyone's like, look, we're not just going to say Eichel's going to come in there and do these things. If I'm, a, if I'm a team, I'm having some serious meetings, Brian. And me and you, we're not drinking, like, cognac and going for a dip in the pool and partying. Like, I mean, locked door meetings, bringing it out, like, serious stuff. Because this guy, he, when healthy, he's floated before. When healthy, he's been the best player in the National Hockey League, McDavid and uh, McKinnon, like, when he wants to play. Then he sulks. Now we're talking about an injury. There's a lot with Eichel. He's a fascinating player, but he's one of those guys, too, that can be amazing. But he also, when not happy, is a ghost and doesn't help your team. It's a lot to give up. Like, Buffalo's going to want a lot. But if I'm a team man, a general manager, this is a big risk, and you're dealing with a guy with a major problem. When you're dealing with necks, 
that's oh, uh, I, I, like, trust me, the neck is Ryan, you know, my girlfriend, Lisa, that's why she's having these issues. It's, it's from the neck. It, it affects lifting your arm, your legs, everything else. I got to be honest with you. They, they need like a second, third opinion and all these other things. Cause it's dangerous the guy know. with his injury. Right. Don't but you think? There's no doubt, but here's what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And the teams that guy have to do their due diligence and how this is shaking out with doctors talking. If you're acquiring the guy, is, is Eichel made, playing the hand of poker? I want the surgery. I've drawn a line in the sand, and I know you don't want it, and I'm doing that so that you'll move me. And then he'll go to another team and say, okay, I'll just rest. I'm good to go. That, that's the problem. But that's the risk that you're taking getting him. But if he's bound to determine and teams are talking to, to his representatives and he's, wherever I go, I'm having that surgery, I don't know that I'm jumping in to do it. <laughs> exactly. No, there, there's, there's, <laughs> see, we're bringing up a lot of points here and that's the question. Uh, I'd be very, I'd be very, very scared, Brian. Hey, but this, this is the thing, right? Somebody's going to win a deal. Somebody's going to lose a deal, but you better hope that you do your research going into it or somebody's going to get real burned. And if this thing doesn't work out, like say they make a deal for Eichel and the guy's like almost done, uh, you're going to lose your job. That, right. That's a fact. To me, Anaheim is the front runner because they Makes sense. got mm-hmm. the assets to they be do. able to pull this off. So, to me, if how the haggling goes, if this deal were to happen in your Buffalo, here's where the deal starts. It starts with the third pick of the draft and Zegris. Chris. Right? Yeah. Uh, now, they can ask for Drysdale as well, the other top prospect with the Ducks. I doubt they get both of them. So, it's probably Zegris, the third pick of the draft. And a defenseman. Comtois. The Vegas needs scoring. I'm going to tell you, Comtois, Anaheim won't want want to get rid of Comtois. Like, they got to keep one of those guys. That's the thing. That guy's going to be awesome. Like, I like him. I did. So do I, Brian. And I got to believe if me and you like him, Anaheim likes him too, right? Like, I think, I think first rounder Zegris and Buffalo does need another defense. And one thing Anaheim has a lot of is defensemen from the days. Remember, they had even more, but they've given them to every damn team in the league. They used to have like nine defensemen. Here's the thing there you wonder are, you know, what has to happen first? Because, uh, like, the one trade, the big trade we're all talking about is, and the impact it'll have around the league is Eichel. But Bristolainen's going to get moved. They're talking, supposedly, New Jersey's hot on his heels. And Reinhardt, who scored over, what, 25 goals, he's getting moved. But if, if those other deals come first, then Buffalo knows what they need. It's amazing. because So they would need a defenseman. If, and it seems like it's going to happen, they move Ristolainen. So then maybe you do throw a Manson in there. I don't know. But, you know, if you, if you want the guy, it's like, hey, you're getting this guy, basically, and you have to assume he's going to be healthy. I mean, you're not making the deal unless he's healthy. But you're saying you've got a guy that if he's not pouting and, he, and when he plays, he, he honestly can, can be a heart candidate. Yes, he can. So when guys like this get traded and fan bases are, you know, the fans are unrealistic. Oh, I'm not doing this because they fall in love with their players. Like I did a thing on Twitter when this Larkin, Matt Larkin put out about the Eagle thing of Vegas and they're like poo-pooing it laughing and the, the, the crap they're throwing to Buffalo. I'm like, you guys have no idea. I mean, listen, seriously, you want him? It's Carlson. It's Tuck. It's your top <laughs> prospect. Um, you know, and then, Possibly there's even a scenario in play, even if Bristol line again, that Theodore, who to me, I think has so much upside, but now that you've got Petrangelo, you also have to look at other organizations and what is their depth chart and what are their long-term plans and how does the money match? 
if you're Vegas, if you get rid of Shea Theodore, you're morons. I hear you. Oh, I don't think they are. Like, that's the thing. Like, this team is, as I said, they flee so many other teams. And when they came into the league, Buffalo's going to be there. Like, Brian, you almost want to have extra, like, guys, you know, on the phones making the deal because you don't want to get burned again. They've been – everything Vegas has done to the point has been, like, brilliant. Uh, well, Shea Theodore, in my opinion – hey, Petrangelo is a great player, but he's long in the tooth. I would I, – Shea Theodore is the guy that you need moving forward. And if you're going to get rid of Shea Theodore, you better give me a hell of a lot for him because yeah. I think he's one of the best. Well, I'm just saying they'll ask for him. That doesn't mean yeah. they'll get Oh, yeah, of course right. they're going to so ask. Let, but here's the other thing, and we've talked about this, and we're just about there now, Ken, and that is Seattle's in the in the hopper. By the way, that's the, the one other little, little footnote on the Vegas perspective. Vegas ain't getting no money for Seattle coming in the league, but Vegas doesn't have to deal with Seattle, which means then – that Vegas can again pick the meat off the bones around the league of teams that have to deal with Seattle. Vegas is going to be able to move chess pieces around that other teams won't be able to. But Seattle comes in, the expansion draft. Let's just talk about it. Ronnie Francis waited and waited and waited on Broad Brindamore. That didn't come to pass. Rick Tockett interviewed three times, and Dave Haxtell gets the job. <laughs> but I, hey, what do we know? I mean, listen, being the coach of an expansion team camp, it's a unique animal. You're trying to build a culture. You're trying to get mesh guys together. You know, the Vegas thing in the first year was Haley's Comet. What do you make of Hextall getting the job? Well, that's that's the thing. You bring up another great point. I think I think Tockett's the right guy for the job for this team maybe in the third or fourth year, not in the first year. Hextall's also yep. brought in because if things are a nightmare, you could fire him again. He's not a big name. It's one of those things. But you think an expansion team would go up the bigger name and Tockett, but this also makes sense. I will give Hextall a lot of credit. He's working with the Leafs team, and he mostly worked with the defense. And all the injuries and pl- bad players that they had there, they actually got really overachieved defensively. I think he did a good job. In Philadelphia, he had a winning record. I don't think it's like a monster move, Brian. It's one of those things, if things go bad, it's easier to get rid of a guy like Hextall than a named guy. I thought they would go with the, you know, a guy who used to play in the league, but that's the thing. Talk it'll be like one of those guys fourth year. That, I think that would make more sense than a coach in his inaugural season a new team coming into the league. It's not a splashy move, but Haxtell's a good hockey guy, and I'll give him credit. As I said, he did good with that Leafs defense. Who's their best defenseman? Muzzin? And they weren't like a train wreck. A lot of the problem was goaltending. Uh, before Jack Campbell got hot, Frederick Anderson was very wishy-washy, and I think the Leafs overachieved with their defensive core, which well, really isn't me, that good. we got a, minute, a little over a minute here, but this is the way the NHL goes. It's an old boys network. It is. I, I got no – I think with the Haxtell thing, I'm all in. Let's see what happens. But we know the NHL with the retreads when you get the Mike Keenans and the Hitchcocks and these guys, and it's their third and their fourth and their fifth kick at it, and sometimes you stand there and shake your head. I'm more inclined to say, okay, Haxtell had a chance to run a show, and he'll learn a lot and could be really good the second time around. It's the guys that it's their fourth and fifth. Yes. I'm like, geez, get some fresh blood in there. I'm with you. Like, yeah, no, like that guy hiring guys like Ken Hitchcock, no offense to the guy. It's just stupid. You know, and these guys have done so much. It's kind of like they can mail it in. Hextall also is still working, as I said, working with the defense. He had some success in Philadelphia and he's a young guy still. So I think it's a good move for them, Brian. And that's the thing. It's not a splashy move, but the crack and going about it in the right way. We'll see. They're not going to be successful like Vegas. So we're going to see what happens in Seattle. He's Cam Stewart. I'm Brian Blessing. We are talking hockey down to the Stanley Cup final. And we enjoy doing this with you on the Sports Grid Radio Network in Sirius Channel 204. Again, if you're just joining us, the show re-airs at 7 a.m. Eastern. We're going to come back and we're going to put a lid on Life the Lamp.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Going to put a lid on Light the Lamp. Hey, if you just happen to tune in, the show will re-air at 7 a.m. Eastern time this morning. So we're down to the final, and we said that uh, we're looking at Tampa Bay, a $2.60 favorite, plus 220 on the halves for the series. Uh, the final synopsis, Cam, how do you think it shakes out? Yeah, I think Montreal gives a best effort, but Tampa Bay is unstoppable. You brought up a great point, Brian. Vegas, the arrogance of not changing their system. They played right into Montreal's hands. Tampa Bay's not stupid. These guys are the Stanley Cup champions. They roll four lines, and they have great goaltending. There's not going to be a goaltending controversy either. They're not switching back and forth. It's Vasilevsky. There's nobody else. I think McElhaney's coming in there. If Curtis McElhaney plays, I'll fly to Brian's house right now, eat everything in his fridge. He's going to take me out for 100 beers. I can't wait. Brian will wake up in the morning with the Rikolov vodka for breakfast. No, it's, Vasil- it's Vasilevsky. I think Tampa Bay wins in six. I think Montreal battles. I think there's a couple games in overtime. They're tight, but Tampa Bay's talent will rise. I think Caulfield and Suzuki might might steal a game. Carey Price might steal a game, but yep. lightning in six. I'll keep it short. I agree with you in Tampa in six. The one thing I would say that's ultra impl- impressive about Tampa Bay camp, they were never fat and happy. These guys, never. they showed that they wanted this again. And isn't it funny, buddy, we should have done this earlier, but isn't it funny how cities go on Tootsie Rolls, Tampa Bay wins the Super Bowl, they win the Cup. Uh, when coaching changes in the middle of a season, get teams to the final, maybe win a Cup. The goofy, intangible things are always in play. But back class matters to me, Cam. And you know what it is? It's Tampa Bay's versatility. They showed it in Game 7. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay can beat you in a high-scoring game. Tampa Bay can beat you in a low-scoring game. Got a prediction for you, uh, Brian. Montreal Alouettes, Grey Cup champions. It happens in bundles. Alouettes. Uh, Jean- <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no, no. Uh, no. The only thing I don't know. Uh, you know <laughs> Uh, yeah, Tampa Bay's throwing noise, noisemakers on the ice, and Montreal, they're flipping cars. How about just be happy when somebody wins? I'm happy when we do this show, buddy. It goes fast. It's light the lamp. Cam's all over the Sports Food Gamer during the week. I got Vegas Sportsbook Radio for you, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Time weekdays. Joe Riers at 7 a.m. Great job, Cammy. Thanks for Love you, buddy. Folks on Light the Lamp. Light the lamp.